What up, though? It's your boy Mike back on a solo tip, sans Otis. But um, I'm going to be starting off my own podcast deal, trying to uh, get some things going. And one of the things that I know for sure that I want to do is have a weekly uh, fighting uh, podcast. So, um, yes, starting off, it's going to be mostly UFC, but um, as time progresses and as you know, more events start to come back, more fights start to happen it's probably gonna merge into like more of an all-encompassing combat sports kind of uh kind of deal so uh i figured now would be a good time though to get started on that aspect of this spinoff podcast that i'm going to do so so the the spinoff podcast is going to be uh mainly me talking about stuff i've been watching um doesn't sound too complicated doesn't sound maybe not even doesn't sound too interesting to anybody but uh, fuck it. It's what I want to do. So I'm going to do that. And, um, uh, my plan is right now to have two episodes a week. I would have one where I talk about whatever, whatever I watch that week, whether that will be, um, some shows I've been watching, some movies I've been watching, could be documentaries, anything I've been watching, I'm going to talk about. And then I'm also going to have the companion kind of fight podcast episode. So that would be the second episode of the week. Um, going forward after this episode, um, the plan is to cover each UFC event uh, as they happen. So usually I'll probably record like the next day and just talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to go fight by fight or get too too into the weeds. I'm just going to kind of like overall big picture uh, talk about a couple of things that stood out to me during that event. Um, then we also have starting in um, August, we have... Uh, Dana White's Contender Series is starting back up. So um, I'll be watching that too. So that could turn into maybe two fight podcasts a week. But what's probably going to happen is um, I think Contender Series is going to air on Tuesdays, I believe. So what I'll probably, and then the, you know, events are always on Saturday. So what I'll probably do is on Sunday record a podcast um, talking about Saturday's event and about Tuesday's episode of Contender Series. If one of those weeks there is no UFC event, then it'll just be about contender series. And then maybe, you know, maybe I'll throw on if I can, if I can catch a Bellator event once, once Bellator comes back, because that's not even back yet. Uh, catch a Bellator event or uh, one championship or some boxing. Um, I'll throw that on there, too. But right now, getting started with UFC. So um, this week, I'm going to start by talking a little bit about uh, UFC 251, which was the last pay-per-view, which happened... Um, last Saturday. So today is uh, July 20th, Monday, July 20th that I'm recording this. Uh, the UFC held their uh, third overall event on what is has been deemed or dubbed Fight Island. Uh, it's a island, it's called ya- Yas Island. I, you, you can't just say Yas Island, you got to say Yas. But it's Yas Island in Abu Dhabi. Uh, they built a structure out there just for uh, just for fights and the whole purpose is to get um, the international fighters who would struggle to come here to the United States to fight, to uh, give them a place to fight, so that way they can consistently be holding events just as they normally would, and actually have extra events to make up for lost time, so that way, you know, fighters can still get paid, the UFC can essentially dominate the sports news cycle, because there's not really too much else going on, and everybody can and fight whether they have, you know, if they can't make it here, they can possibly head to Fight Island, or they can come here and fight at the Apex in uh, in Las Vegas. So uh, yesterday, not yesterday, I'm sorry, Saturday the 18th 
was the third event at Fight Island. The first was UFC 251, which was uh, Saturday the 11th. Then uh, midweek, they held a fight night card um, on uh, Wednesday. And then they had another fight night card this past Saturday. Um, the fight night card that was held on the Wednesday, I'm not really going to talk too much about. Um, I didn't. Wa- I wasn't able to watch it too closely. I was at a bar, so I wasn't paying too close attention. But um, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the events of UFC 251. I want to talk about this past Saturday's event on Fight Island. And then just real quick, give a quick preview of uh, the next event, which is Saturday the uh, 25th, uh, also on Fight Island, which I believe is the last event on Fight Island for right now. And then everything after that, I believe, is at the uh, Apex in Las Vegas. So um, I want to start by talking about UFC 251. And UFC 251 was an incredibly stacked card. Like we had... Um, the entire main card was, uh, names, you know, a, a, you know, someone who hasn't watched UFC at all probably wouldn't recognize all the names, but if you're even a casual viewer and you watch fairly consistently, you, you recognized all 10 names in the five fights that were on the main card. It had three championship fights, which is, uh, we, we usually get maybe like one pay-per-view, uh, a year that might have three championship fights on it, but it's a, a pretty rare occurrence. So you know they were they were swinging for the fences with this one, and they really loaded it up. So um, a little bit of a backstory on this because it's important um, to 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 give context to the events of the main event. Um, this the main event of this card was supposed to be uh, Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal for the uh, welterweight title. Um, that fight had been rumored to be happening on that date probably dating back into early 2020 maybe january february something like that um i'd say probably about five weeks or so before the actual event so we're talking uh the very beginning of june uh end of may somewhere in that range jorge masvidal completely uh ended up in a feud with the ufc over money um, I heard him in an interview the other day saying that he wanted to, he was attempting to negotiate a bigger cut of the pay-per-view and even offered to not actually get any guaranteed pay up front if he could just get a higher percentage of the pay-per-view, which the UFC told him to fuck off and, and, and he quickly did so. Um, the, the thing about that that sucked is that, uh, Jorge Masvidal has gained a massive following over the course of 2019. Um, I'd say he's probably right now the second most popular fighter behind Conor McGregor. A distant second, but second nonetheless. Um, he had a, uh, a early win in 19 over Darren Till, who, uh, spoiler alert, is fighting on Saturday. We'll be talking about that in the in the preview for Saturday's event, but... Um, his main claim to fame after uh, this guy's been in the fight game for a long time. He's got like 50 fights under his belt, something crazy like that. Um, but his main claim to fame was um, his five second knockout of Ben Askren um, sometime uh, middle ish of, of 2019. Actually, it, it was, um, yeah, it was the middle of 2019 because the it was one year ago fairly recently, like in the in the days or so leading up to. Uh, UFC 251 was the one year anniversary of that that fight. Um, 
if you didn't see it, it's five seconds long, so uh, there there wasn't much to see. But um, long story short of that is that Ben Askren is a very well-known and established wrestler, and Jorge correctly assumed that Askren was going to shoot for a takedown, and he did a flying knee right into his face on the opening as soon as as soon as they were told to go. That fight actually literally was actually probably only two to three seconds, but the official time is five seconds taking into account the time it took the referee to get from where he was standing to breaking up that fight and calling it. So, uh, yeah, we're talking two, three seconds, actually, um, of how long that took. And then he had a war with Nate Diaz um, at the end of 2019 at Madison Square Garden. Uh, A pay-per-view at Madison Square Garden with no uh, official championship belt on the line. They created this BMF Bad Motherfucker Championship for this fight. Uh, the Rock was there to uh, uh, kind of like not host it, but he was there and he, we knew that he was going to put that belt on the winner of that fight. And it was a pretty brutal slugfest. Those two beat the shit out of each other. And um, I think in the fourth round, maybe the fifth, something like that, uh, Diaz was so badly hurt that they just stopped the fight. So, um, well, I'm not going to say badly hurt because he probably wouldn't even agree that he was hurt, but he was bleeding profusely. So, um <laughs> Uh, he was in bad shape. So they stopped the fight, and Masvidal won that, that BMF title. And, and Nate Diaz is incredibly popular. So that only served to uh, skyrocket uh, Masvidal's popularity even more. So fast forward to, again, where we're at five weeks away from UFC 251. Uh, Masvidal, the second most popular fighter probably in the UFC behind Conor McGregor, um, he walks away. I'm not going to do this fight. They're not offering me enough money. I know what I'm worth. Fuck them. I'm not doing it. So... Um, also around this time, I'd say maybe uh, it might actually be after he said he was out. Um, Gilbert Burns fought Tyron, Tyron Woodley at a, uh, a UFC fight night event. And I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Woodley. He's, he's a, a well-renowned and celebrated welterweight champion until he lost the title to Usman, I believe at UFC 245. No, not 245. That, that's too recent. Um, wait, no, maybe it was 245. I'm not sure, but um, he lost that title to um, uh, to Kamaru Usman. I'm pretty sure it wasn't 245, but whatever. And he has not looked good at all. Um, he lost pretty handily in that fight to Usman. It was a, a clear unanimous decision victory. He lost all five rounds of that fight. And then he came out against Gilbert Burns on fight night. We hadn't seen him in a long time. Uh, he had apparently gone on some hiatus in Thailand where he was like training in seclusion, like he's doing all this extra shit to to really focus on um, coming back after losing his title. And he came out to fight Gilbert Burns and was again washed for a full five rounds. He didn't win a single round again. So Tyron Woodley lost five, has lost 10 straight rounds. And now his uh, his high level of respect is rapidly diminishing. Um, and with Gilbert Burns beating such a celebrated champion like that, uh, Gilbert Burns shot up to the number one contender spot, and they set him up with Kamaru Usman. Uh, once Masvidal refused to actually participate in the fight, he didn't. Ba- I can't say he backed out because it was never officially signed. But um, once Masvidal refused to do that fight, um, they said, "All right, well, we're not going to pay you that. We're just going to slide Gilbert Burns in. He just washed Tyron Woodley. You know, this will work." Um, and it was underwhelming. For a lot of us to see that, like everybody wanted the Masvidal fight. Uh, this was going to be Masvidal's big test. And 
we knew that that was going to be the big fight that we wanted. And Gilbert Burns is um, unlike unlike Jorge, who is is incredibly popular. Gilbert Burns is to the casual fan virtually unknown. So having him headline this pay-per-view for the welterweight title was kind of weird. So um, fast forward now to about a week and a half or so out of out from the event and Gilbert Burns tests positive for COVID-19 and is unable to fight. The UFC in a, a attempt to salvage their main event, granted we still had a this was still a three championship card. If they scrap that all together, there's still two title fights on that card, but um, in an attempt to salvage their main event, they, uh, I, I don't, well, I don't know how it played out. I don't know if they started making calls or if fighters started saying, Hey, I'll, I'll do it. But, um, Masvidal ended up, uh, hopping back on to do this fight again. And what makes that interesting is that from my perspective, I always thought that Masvidal was, I, I'm not going to say scared to fight Usman, but hesitant to fight Usman because he knew that Usman would likely beat him. And if he lo- once he loses, all his hype dies down. So if, you know, with him being so incredibly popular after the run he had in 2019, he doesn't want to come out and lose a fight and immediately have that popularity gone because now he can't say, I want this much money or I want this, I want that. He's got to take what he's given because now he's not a big draw anymore. So I even suspected that maybe he priced himself out of that fight for that purpose so that he could say uh they wouldn't they weren't paying me enough that's why i didn't fight them as opposed to i don't want to risk losing all my hype uh without a substantial paycheck coming with it because if if he's gonna fight usman and he's gonna lose at least get paid at least get paid for it so if they weren't gonna pay him if they were gonna pay him then he could say okay i'll do this fight knowing he's probably gonna lose but at least he got a huge paycheck that uh essentially he earned by way of his great 2019 and if he doesn't take the fight, then he's like, well, I didn't take it because they wouldn't pay me enough, not because I don't want to fight him. So it was kind of like a, a win-win situation for him to not take the fight. Now, on uh, about a week out from the pay-per-view with Gilbert Burns dropping out, Jorge Masvidal is now presented with yet another win-win situation. He can, uh, if he takes the fight, he looks like a fucking hero. He took a fight on six days notice. He was 22 pounds over the welterweight weight limit. And still said, I will do this fight. And he now has to face a massive weight cut in less than a week. He is supposedly not prepared for Kamaru Usman at all because five weeks ago, he walked away from even negotiating for it. So he might have went back to a a lesser routine of working out, uh, maybe eating bad. Who knows what the fuck he was doing. But whatever the case may be, he uh, was not prepared for that fight. So if he loses... He doesn't lose his hype anymore because he has a built-in excuse. I took it on six days' notice. I had to cut 22 pounds. What do you want from me? And then if he wins, it's like the greatest story in the history of fucking mixed martial arts that this guy comes in and does this. So against Usman, who has been pretty dominant. So uh, again, Jorge with a win-win situation. And now he, now the UFC has their back to the table, back to the wall. They have to, you know, they need to make something happen. And now they kind of go like, oh, well, I guess we got to pay him. He's willing to take the fight. It's the fight everyone wanted at the beginning. It's it's going to be a huge draw. Let's just pay him what he wants. Make that fight happen. And there we are. So now there's the backstory leading into the main event of UFC 251. Uh, so UFC 251 as a card overall was pretty weak on paper outside of the main card. So the prelims were 
uh, underwhelming on paper and underwhelming to watch. Um, and then the main event had, I mean, the main card had five fights that all were anticipated with all known fighters. And, you know, we're ready to go. First fight between um, Paige Van Zant and Amanda Hebus. Now, the problem with that fight already going in, Paige Van Zant hasn't fought in forever up to this point. She has famously said that she makes more money posting uh, posting on Instagram than she does fighting in the UFC because she's uh, one, of, one of the uh, more attractive fighters that they have. So she posts like, you know, modeling pictures and stuff like that. And she probably gets money, um, you know, advertising and whatnot. And if you're not fighting in the UFC for, I think she hadn't fought in like a year and a half or something like that. If you haven't fought in a year and a half, um, you know, you're, any money that you make on Instagram is going to be more money than you make fighting. So um, I, I was already kind of questioning her motivation to even be a fighter in the first place. And then also her husband is a fighter in Bellator. And this was going to be, or has been, the last fight of Paige Van Zant's uh, UFC contract. So she can go explore free agency. So everything, to me, uh, kind of equaled not only her leaving the UFC and going to Bellator, but probably not giving the best performance. And she promptly came out and got washed like a dirty dirty rag. Um, she was submitted maybe uh, like two minutes into the fight, something like that. Um, and I believe that's probably the last we're going to see a Paige Van Zandt. So uh, the whole point of me speaking on that fight is that it was um, a sign of things to come on what ended up being ultimately a disappointing uh, main card. Uh, the next fight was Rose Namahunas versus... Jeez, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank now? Uh, I should have written this down, but I also didn't plan on talking about this fight. Um, well... That makes it sound like I, I didn't enjoy the fight. It was actually the best fight on the card, actually. But um, it was... Um, I, I, I mainly planned on talking about the main event. But, uh, oh, it was uh, Jessica Andrade. So um, they have a great fight. Two, two girls slugging it out. Uh, Rose Namajunas has a pretty pretty big following. Uh, they're one and two in, uh, I believe, the strawweight division. And uh, the winner was setting themselves up to with a fight with Zhang Weili, which... Um, will result in the death of, of of whoever does that. I don't think either of them is. Um, well, Andrade has already lost to Whaley in in very short order, um, and then um, Nami Yunus has not fought her. But I don't see Nami Yunus being able to, to handle that problem. But whatever the case may be, that was a good fight. Those two slugged it out. Nami Yunus wins the fight. So now we've got our two non-title fights out of the way. Now we're starting our. Uh, our, our three championship fights. And I immediately kind of want to take back what I said about uh, Nami Yunus and Andrade being the best fight. It was it was not. Um, Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo fought for the vacant bantamweight title. Uh, Henry Cejudo held that belt, and he, uh, he retired. He walked away. And now that belt is now not claimed by anyone, and there will be more on the effects of Henry Cejudo's retirement later uh, later in this episode. But uh, what ended up happening is they took Jose Aldo, who is a legend in this sport, um, someone who has dominated um, for the majority of his career and is always a huge, huge threat. Um, he dropped down in weight to bantamweight in his previous fight, which he lost, but looked good in it and was inexplicably given this title shot. 
Um, I, I still, to this day, don't understand why Jose Aldo was put in this main event. And I think it's probably, I'm sorry, not a main event, but put in this title fight. Uh, I mean, it's probably just off sheer re- name recognition for a vacant belt that's not that popular. But, um, yeah, uh, Jose Aldo, uh, a legendary career, um, probably best known for how quickly um, he sent Conor McGregor into the stratosphere by um, handing his uh, handing his championship belt over to Conor in like 13 seconds. So um, uh, that really, with him being such a legend in the sport, to have Conor come in, this up-and-coming guy who is like has so much insane amount of hype, more than anyone that they've ever seen, to come in and, and make quick work of him like that uh, really boosted Conor's career. But um, uh, Jose uh, was kind of thrown into this event he was number six ranked in that division which isn't very high um, at least not for a title shot and uh Piotr Jan is ranked number three now he has had the opposite path um he's been beating the shit out of everybody he comes across and he is a pretty big fan favorite he's uh very entertaining to watch and as such that fight was entertaining to watch um Aldo held it together for probably I'd say the first two three rounds and then um the tide started to turn in Jan's favor and in the fifth round, um, the referee let what would commonly be described as a, a possibly an assault and battery, if not a murder, continue for far too long. Um, Jan had Aldo on the ground and was beating the shit out of him for a very long time uh, before the referee actually stopped the fight. But um, that fight potentially could have been stopped in the fourth. There was even a moment in the first where I thought it was going to be over. But um, Jan was handily winning this fight, and um, yeah, he he brutalized Aldo at the end, and and um, I wouldn't be, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure that's the last we're gonna see of Aldo. It's the last we'll see of him in any kind of like title contention. But um, yeah, not a good way to go out. That fight went on way too long. So um, that was uh, that was our third fight. Uh, the co-main event was a rematch between Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovski. Now again. The Jan fight, the Jan Aldo fight is, is the best fight of the night up to this point so far. But I had ex- high expectations for this one. I'm a, I'm a huge Max Holloway fan. Um, I really enjoy watching him fight. Um, he lost the title to Volkanovski in their last fight, which, um, was not, uh, there, there are some people who felt like Holloway won. I didn't, but it was a very close fight. Volkanovski, I think, earned the win, but, um, just not as, uh, I don't know, I've never been as impressed with him as a fighter as I have been with Holloway. Holloway comes into this fight claiming that he didn't even train in person. He only trained with his coaches over Zoom somehow. So, I mean, I guess he didn't actually spar. And he said he's perfectly ready for this fight. And he came out and he looked great, man. Holloway, Holloway looked sharp, especially in the first uh, two, three rounds. He looked really sharp. Easily winning those rounds, in my opinion. I, I, I felt Holloway won the first three. Um, that's not how the judges saw it, apparently. Um, Volkanovski had a solid fourth and fifth round, and ultimately, uh, he was the judges called him the winner by decision. Um, very controversial. Um, the first fight was close. No one was really mad about Volkanovski getting the decision. This time, everybody's mad about Volkanovski getting the decision. I don't know anybody who said that they watched that fight and thought he won. Everyone says, I, by my, through my eyes, Holloway won that fight. And that was how I felt. 
I was shocked to see him lose. It wasn't the most action-packed fight, but um, it, it, Max put on a clinic at least for those first three rounds or so. So a, another disappointing result. Now on to the main event. I want to talk about. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the Usman Masvidal main event, and it's not so much the fight itself that I want to talk about. It's more about the reaction to it and how um, UFC fans are not uh, are not the smartest people in the world. You would think that UFC fans have been themselves fighting in professionally for decades, and they have some sort of brain damage. Like there, <laughs> there's something wrong with them. So anyway, UFC fans. Um, I'm in I'm in a few Facebook groups for um, UFC fans, and there are uh, everyone there considers themselves to be a fan, but also everyone there wants to uh, present themselves as a major hardcore fan and by doing so um, making everyone else look like a casual fan and that is the number one insult in um, MMA Facebook groups is to call someone a casual like you don't know what you're talking about you just casually watch this I'm a hardcore fucking watcher so they love to call everyone casuals another thing that they love to do is if there is a boring fight a fight that just does not have too much action. They will again call anyone who calls that fight boring uh, a casual. And will also say if you don't like. Because most of the time it, those fights that are deemed to be boring. Are ones that have a lot of wrestling in them. And not a lot of striking. Punching, kicking, that kind of stuff. A lot of time spent on the mat. Um, they'll, they'll go, well it's mixed martial arts. If you don't like wrestling, just go watch kickboxing. You know, they make it sound like if you if you thought a fight was boring because it didn't have striking in it, then that means you're just too dumb of a fan to appreciate good mixed martial arts, which in some cases is true. But there are also cases in which the fight's just fucking boring and and it is what it is. It doesn't have anything to do with your level of fandom or how well you know the sport. So, for example, um when it comes to grappling and wrestling within MMA, um, I like to watch it be when when two guys are or girls are are fighting for position. So you'll see, uh, you know, maybe one person's on top, and you're looking at the strategy like, okay, now the and the announcers are always helping you with this. Now they want to shift this leg over, and then that'll help them get this dominant position, and then they can work toward this submission, or they can do this, and then and then maybe you'll have moments where, oh, oh, they got it, they got they got the the rear naked choke locked in. Oh, it slipped away. Oh, oh, does he have it? Nope, not quite. Oh, it's not quite under the chin. Doesn't have it yet. Or, uh, you know, just just kind of like watching almost like a it's almost like watching a, a, a chess game go back and forth. And it's easier to 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 watch the strategy in grappling than it is to watch it in in in, in the stand up because all the stand up will look that look like to the untrained eye is I'm um, just punching and kicking like it. It's difficult to see how someone might be reading a punch that's being thrown or reading a feint or or a reaction or something like that. It's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more difficult to see. Whereas in the grapple, you can you can see uh, individuals jockeying for position and trying to gain submissions. So when that's happening, I like to watch that. What I don't like to watch is two motherfuckers laying on each other on the ground, and that's it. And they're not doing anything, or they're standing up, leaning on each other, and it's like, hey, I'm just gonna put my body weight on you and wear you down while the clock rolls off and maybe we can both catch a breath or something like that and there might be like little punches thrown every now and then but like for the most part if you two are just laying there with some you know some punches thrown in or something like that every now and then fuck that i don't want to see that shit either fucking wrestle or get the fuck up like don't 
don't do that shit. I don't like it in boxing either. And that's why, you know, I find it funny when people criticize me for liking MMA so much because they'll point out those situations, the situations where, uh, which is what they're talking about is the grappling where, you know, two guys are on the ground. But most of the time, they're actually working for position. They're actually doing something that's interesting that you can watch and that you can see like, oh, they tried this. That didn't work. Now they're trying that. Or they tried this. They got a little something here. Now they got to do this. And, and, you know, there's a lot of strategy involved there. And But I don't like the laying on the floor shit. I don't like the laying up against the cage shit. And I don't like it in boxing either when after, you know, two guys get to slugging each other, then it's like, oh, <laughs> this is getting dangerous. Let's hug it out real quick and take a breath. I don't like that shit either. Fucking fight. That's what you're there to do, not to, to hug each other. So I don't like that in either sport. And... The problem with the Usman-Masvidal fight was that it was too much of the we're just going to lean on each other and not enough of actual jockeying for position. Um, what happened for a lot of that fight was Usman pinning Masvidal up against the cage and sh- hitting, hitting him in the face with his shoulders, some shoulder strikes, and stepping on his foot over and over. That's not... You're not going to watch that and tell me that I don't like that because I don't appreciate wrestling or grappling. That's not what that is. That's two guys leaning up against each other, stepping on each other's feet. No one's here to watch that shit. No one wants to fucking watch that. Like, don't don't be smug and make it sound like you're some sort of, like, uncultured rube who doesn't know shit about fighting because you didn't enjoy watching two motherfuckers hug each other and step on each other's feet for five minutes. So... That's one of the things that that's the main reason why I wanted to talk about that event is because that was a boring fucking fight. Like there was a lot of times where when they were standing up, you Masvidal could have knocked them out. Like and you could tell that Usman knew that he he was not willing to stand up and trade with Masvidal. His plan, which was a good plan because it ended up resulting in him winning, was to keep Masvidal pinned and try to. I guess I, I can't even really say try to work for a submission because I'm not even really sure I saw him actually try to work for submissions. It was kind of just like, let me pin, let me pin him down, hold him down or hold him up against the cage and just hit him as as I can. So if I could free a hand up and hit him a few in the ribs, I'll do that. If I could step on his foot, if I can hit him with my shoulder, I'll do those things. But my plan is to not allow him to throw punches because if he does, I might get hurt and lose. So like that seemed to be Usman's strategy. It's a smart strategy. It was a successful strategy. Is it a strategy worth watching? Absolutely fucking not. That was a boring fucking fight. And anyone who tries to say otherwise is full of shit. They know that was a boring fight. And you can't, you don't need to make yourself look like some sort of cultured fucking MMA professional an analyst by saying oh well that was just the proper strategy you know what it can be the proper strategy in a boring fucking fight at the exact same fucking time it doesn't have to be one or the other and i think it's dishonest for uh mma reporters to uh instead of just being honest and saying it was a boring fucking fight saying like well usman is smart he did we had to do to win he made sure that he did blank and he did blank and he did blank And it's all a way of not saying that it was a boring fucking fight. And I don't understand why no one has the balls to say, one, it was a boring fucking fight. And two, it wasn't a boring fucking fight because I don't like wrestling. It was a boring fucking fight because they didn't fucking wrestle. That's why it was a boring fight. But no one seems to have either the balls to say that or the knowledge to say that. Because you got the people who 
the fans who can't wait to call someone a casual for saying that a fight was boring. So I just I I wanted to talk about UFC 251 mainly within the lens of how it relates to the fandom and the reporters who cover it and the things that they say in response to fights that are boring or fights that have controversial endings, um, things like that. So that's my thoughts on UFC 251. Um, I was uh, very disappointed in it in both quality and in the results. Aside from the uh, Jan Aldo fight, um, there wasn't too much interesting going on there. Um, up next, my guess for a lot of these people, um, I expect Amanda Hebus to kind of start to gain some popularity. I expect Paige Van Zant to leave the UFC, go to Bellator, and be mediocre with her husband in a mediocre uh, fighting league. Um, I expect Nami Yunus to get a shot at Zhang Weili and to promptly be disposed of. Um, I, I, I don't even see Nami Yunus getting, getting through a round, honestly, with, with Zhang Weili. I just don't see it. Um, Jessica Andrade, I don't know. She's probably going to be uh, setting herself up with a fight with someone she's already fought before. There's not really too much going on in that division. In any of the women's divisions, honestly, there's really not too much going on because the champions are so clearly defined and so much better than everyone else. So, like, Wei Lee's so much better than everyone else. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko, so much better than everybody else. Amanda Nunes, so much better than everybody else. So, um, not too much going on there. Um, the, what was the first championship fight? Oh, yeah, Aldo Jan. I, uh, Jan, I expect to defend his title against Al- Aljamain Sterling um, in their next fight. Uh, Sterling has earned this shot. He should have been in this fight in place of Aldo. It should have been Jan Sterling on this pay-per-view, which would have probably been a better fight, even better than the one that we got. And it was the fight that both fighters deserve, as opposed to Yaldo getting a shot that he really didn't earn. Um, but I do expect that to be next for them. I don't know what's next for Aldo. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll keep fighting in the bantamweight division. Maybe he'll retire. I, I don't know. But, um... Don't know what's up for him. Um, Volkanovski, um, honestly, I don't really know what's up next for either of them either. I feel like Max Holloway could fight. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think the only thing for them is to fight um, the winners or losers of upcoming fights. So, um, supposedly, Zabit, oh, fuck, I don't know how to say his last name, Magomed Sharav, Sharav something like that. Um is fighting uh, i can't remember um he's fighting someone and korean zombie and um brian ortega are supposed to fight i don't think either of those fights are officially signed yet but those are supposed to be um two fights that are going to happen um i think that the winner of one of those could get a shot at volkanovsky and maybe the loser fights max holloway or maybe the winner of one gets a shot at Volkanovski and the winner of the other fights Max Holloway. I don't know, but I think some combination of those two fights, the winners and the losers, will fight some combination of Volkanovski or Holloway. And I don't know what's next for Usman or Masvidal either. Um, I mean, the obvious play is that Gilbert Burns, once his COVID, once he recovers from COVID, he will get the title shot that he quote-unquote earned by, by mopping up Woodley. And he'll fight Usman next. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, Masvidal, I, I don't know. Masvidal says that he wants another shot at Usman. He wants to get a full camp in. See what he can do. Maybe he can defend those takedowns better. Keep keep him on the stand up. And if that happens, he can probably beat him, honestly. But 
that's what Masvidal says he wants. Um, what everyone else wants is for him to fight Conor McGregor, which is what I want. Um, everyone wants that. I think that's that fight has the potential to be um, pr- possibly the biggest UFC event of all time, which currently is held by um, uh, Conor versus Khabib from uh, UFC 229. Um, actually, I think four of the top five uh, selling pay-per-views for the UFC, um, four of the five, uh, Conor McGregor was a, a participant. Um, so I, I think that, I think, uh, McGregor Masvidal could possibly even top, uh, McGregor could be, but McGregor could be had way more pay-per-views than the number two, uh, whatever the number two one is. And then also there was a whole lot of heat going into that fight, which I'm not sure that those two could build up, um, in, in this in the time between now and whenever they were to have that fight. But I don't know if that fight's going to happen. I hope it does. But um, that's that's my thoughts on UFC 251 and where I think things are going to go uh, going forward for those participants. So now I want to talk a little bit about the event that took place this past Saturday, the 18th. Um, uh, Davison Figu- the main event, Davison Figueredo versus uh, Joseph Benavidez for the vacant flyweight title. The title, the flyweight title was vacant, also sort of because Henry Cejudo retired. Um, so what happened there was um, Benavidez and uh, Davison were fighting were fighting for that title already before. And Figueredo did not make weight the day before that fight and was thus ineligible to win that championship. They fought. He won the fight. But did not win the championship. So the, the championship remained vacant. Um, and then now in the month since. They have rebooked those two to fight again. And this time. Figueredo did make weight. So now the championship was fully up for grabs. And the winner was going to. Uh, to become the new flyweight champion. Um, before I get into that. I also want to point out. One. That both of their fights are the only time. That I have seen a championship fight. On a non-pay-per-view. Both of those fights were on a fight night card, and I don't know why they wouldn't give those guys at least the common decency to put them on a pay-per-view. But um, whatever the case may be, um, that was the main event for Saturday. Um, the card on paper um, was uh, decent. Uh, it, lo- it looked like a good card, but it was a very entertaining car- uh, night of fights. Um, I want to kind of start by talking about a couple of fights that took place on the prelims. Actually, maybe just one fight that took place on the prelims. I think the others I wanted to talk about were on the... On the main card, um, Grant Dawson. Uh, he's, uh, I believe, this was was this his debut UFC debut? Um, I can't tell. I, 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 it might maybe it's his second UFC fight. I don't know, but he's he's fairly new, pretty hyped uh, guy. Um, I found Grant Dawson to be incredibly impressive. Um, I wish that he was just a little bit quicker, but I liked a lot of what he did in putting together unique combinations that involved his knees. Um, a lot of times you will see maybe a fighter do a flying slash jumping knee um, at someone, but usually that's like an isolated move. Like it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's not, uh, it's not at the start beginning or end of a combination. It just kind of happens. Um, Dawson regularly uses knees in his, Ca- I don't say casual, but in his regular standup, um, it and it was serving multiple purposes. Sometimes it would land, but sometimes it was just enough to keep 
keep his opponent at distance. I don't even remember the name of the guy he was fighting. Um, and I didn't write it down either. <laughs> but um, sometimes it was done to keep his opponent at, kind of at a distance. And he did a really good job of mi- mixing up punches, just like standing knees and, and kicks. And there was a moment in that fight where um, he did like a, a, a low leg kick to, to his opponent's calf. And I think he, 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 swung, he swung his leg around faster than maybe he anticipated. And his, 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 uh, his standing leg uh, fell out from under him and he fell down. Anytime, a guy, anytime you see a guy slip and fall in, in, in an MMA fight, he's about to get mauled. Or, or, or what his opponent is at least about to attempt to maul him. So um, his opponent rushes over, and Dawson, in one move, this was not a, I'm going to get up, and then I am going to throw this uh, strike. In one move, he went from getting up and then transitioning into jumping into the air into a, a, a flying knee, which flushly connected to his opponent's face. Like, I thought that was so impressive to, like, the way he just got up and went straight into the knee. It's like he got up and then prepared and threw a knee. Like, he... It was all one solid flowing motion, which I thought was uh, uh, super cool. So um, Dawson did a lot of great stuff in that fight that makes me um, makes me look forward to seeing him fight again. Um, he had some really nice takedowns in that fight. I like when guys um, utilize tripping to to get a takedown. So like maybe you your your opponent throws a kick and maybe you catch the leg. And then maybe you can get them up against the cage. And then uh, since they're only standing on one leg, you, you sweep that leg out from under them. And now you can you can take them down. Um, he had a really good trip uh, for a takedown in that fight. His ground game was solid. Um, he just he, he he just did a lot of interesting stuff that that makes me think like this guy could be someone pretty decent in the future. So, um, yeah, look out for look out for Grant Dawson um, in the future. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about from that card was uh, Ariane uh, Lipsky. Um, she's a, a fighter that I like quite a bit. Her, her nickname is Queen of Violence, so of course I'm going to be a fan. Um, I like watching her fight, and she uh, made pretty quick work of her opponent. Actually, I can't say it was quick work. I don't know if it was early. But she got a pretty brutal submission where um, they were both on the ground, and um, they were trying to, to, to work. You could tell that uh, Lipsky was trying to get some sort of submission going, and her opponent was flat on her back with her legs fairly accessible. Ariane was sitting. Ariane, Ariane, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but um, I, th- I believe the announcer say Ariane. But um, she was kind of sitting on her opponent's chest, with her back to her opponent's head. And she grabs, she finally gets a solid grasp on, uh, on the leg, on the left leg. And she just cranked it backwards. I'm talking like bending the knee in the direction opposite of how knees bend. This woman let out a, a shriek and immediately tapped out. And she did not get up. Like she didn't even, like I've been meaning to look and see if like they if if there was something that was torn or something in that in that submission because it looked like it looked so painful and she screamed and she did not get up and then even once they were announcing Lipsky as the winner normally they have both fighters there and they raise the hand of the fighter who won she didn't even she couldn't even stand up over there she was just sitting on the stool in her corner couldn't even get up so um, I'm curious to see what uh, what happened with her. But um, incredibly impressive knee bar from uh, 
from Lipsky. Like, and, and man, that shit looked like it hurt. Uh, and then there was another fighter. Um, his name was Faziv, I think is uh, how you pronounce it. It's F-I-Z-I-E-V, or at least, or maybe that's not how it's spelled, but that's how I wrote it so that I would know how to pronounce it. Um, but he was uh, he was really impressive, too. Um, kind of similar to Grant Dawson in that, like, I was really impressed with his uh, his stand-up game. But he he had a moment which, uh, if you if you look at highlights from that event, you'll you'll definitely see this. He had a moment where his opponent did like this uh, high kind of like swinging, almost like roundhouse kick kind of, and he flung it out so fast. And Fazee ducked it like Neo in the Matrix when like when Neo was dodging those bullets, and he's like he leaned his whole entire upper body backward, like parallel to the ground, and was like moving his arms and upper body like dodging the bullets that's how Fazeev ducked this uh this high kick and it was man it was fucking impressive so um uh Fazeev was fun to watch too so um I think that was the so I believe Lipsky was the second fight on the main card the Fazeev matrix move thing was the third fight um the fourth fight was Kelvin Gastelum versus Jack Hermanson and um Kelvin Gastelum had uh, his last fight was a fight of the year um, contender slash winner in 2019 against um, Israel Adesanya. And this was uh, before he actually got the title shot. Um, Adesanya, that is. Um, the, uh, the the fight against Gastelum kind of propelled Adesanya to his title shot against Robert Whitaker, and that's when, he, um, uh, that's when he won that title. Or do I actually... I, do I have it backwards? Did he fight? No, because he fought his first title defense was Yo Romero. So yeah, this that was definitely before. So um Gastelum um had his last fight, amazing fight against um Israel Adesanya, really, you know, really put it to him. And so this was, you know, his return, looking to see how uh how he was gonna fare. Um he did not look to be in the best of shape to me. And uh Hermanson made quick work of him. Um I think he submitted him in i believe it might have been the first round um it was quick it was a quick one um gaslam did not look good and i saw a lot of chatter in one of the ufc groups i'm in about maybe he should pick up his nutrition plan um drop some pounds some body fat and go into the welterweight division and i think that's a great idea um i think that could work out for him um i don't really know what he could do in that division just because like like it makes sense because he seems like he'd be uh, a more agile, quicker fighter, fifteen pounds plus, um, fifteen pounds less, uh, if he dropped down to welterweight. But at the same time, I don't see Kelvin Gastelum getting good enough to uh, to beat some of those guys that are at the top of that welterweight division. Like you know your your Woodleys. Your Covingtons, your Masvidal's, your Wonder Boy, uh, your Usman, like, like, I don't know if if Gaslam dropping down to 170 actually could end up with him getting a title shot or something like that. But um, I think it might be a move just because like he looked really bad in that fight, and now he's lost two or three in a row, something like that, and um, it's not looking good for him. So um, I think uh, Gaslam should probably not necessarily take some time off, but think about what he wants to do going forward. Cause he's been pretty unimpressive. So, um, that's how that went. Uh, Hermanson on the other hand, um, put himself in a really good position to, 
be a title shot contender soon. Uh, we just signed uh, the uh, our official fight for September 19th, which will be Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. I cannot wait for that one. Oh, man, that's that's going to be a motherfucker right there. So, uh, And maybe Hermanson has set himself up to maybe be uh, one of the the next guy or one of the next two two guys or three guys, something like that, to get a shot at uh, at the middleweight championship. I know Jared Cannonier is in that picture. Um, uh, uh, there's someone else who I'm forgetting that I think is in that picture too. Uh, whatever, but uh, I can't be expected to know everything by by heart. Um, so yeah, Hermanson setting himself up to have a pretty decent uh, move up in the rankings. And then lastly was. Uh, the main event, the rematch between um, Figueredo and Davidson, which, um, you know, Figueredo made weight this time and the championship fight was on and he beat the ever-loving shit out of Joseph Benavidez. <laughs> like, so what ended up happening was uh, he submitted Benavidez toward the end of the first round um, and he submitted him unconscious. Like, he was completely passed out. Prior to that, there were probably two to three instances apiece in which Benavidez was either knocked down or nearly submitted. Like, I think there were two to three times where he was knocked down. I want to say it was three. And two or three times where he was in a rear naked choke that looked very close to getting him out of there. Um, A completely dominant performance by... Figueredo and I was starting to write down because this was very close to the end of the first round when he actually got him. Um, so I was thinking that Benavidez was probably going to make it out of the Davison. I'm sorry, not Benavidez. I, I, I keep getting there. I get their names confused. Davison Figueredo, Joseph Benavidez. Benavidez was about to make it out of the round, I thought. And I wrote down 10 7 with a question mark. Like, was that a 10 7 round? Because it was that it was that brutal. Uh, fortunately for uh, Benavidez, he did not have to see another round because um, it would have been ugly. So, um, new flyweight champion. Now all of the UFC championship belts are currently owned by someone. Nothing's vacant. Nothing's interim. Well, I mean, there is an interim, but um, the there's still also a undisputed champion, which is weird to me. I don't really understand why um, there's an interim champion when the regular undisputed champion has not been ghost like he fought fairly recently but uh just gonna run down real quick um some of the champions that we have so um heavyweight champion is stipe miacic we'll we can we're gonna talk about uh ufc 252 which takes place i think august 15th um it'll be the third fight between stipe miacic and daniel cormier um they each have won one so it's the rubber match. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, should be a great fight. Uh, so, Stipe Miocic, the current champion. Um, I think Cormier is probably going to win that fight and re- will retire as as champion. Um, the current light heavyweight champion is still John Jones, my favorite fighter. Um, he does not have any fights coming up. He's also in a money dispute and is also threatening to walk and to allow... Uh, um, his title to be stripped. Uh, should that happen, uh, we will probably see Dominic Reyes and Jan Blagovic uh, fight for that if it 
ends up being vacant. Uh, Tiago Santos is set to fight uh, Glover Teixeira in September. So um, that's really the only way that can go if they strip John of the title. Um, John was talking about moving up to heavyweight and fighting my guy Francis Ngannou, who is going to be the next heavyweight champion. Whoever I, I think if Cormier wins against Stipe in August, Cormier has already said he's walking, he's retiring, he's done. So that title will become vacant. I think Ngannou will fight probably Stipe for that uh, vacant title. If Stipe wins, Ngannou will fight Stipe for that title. So um, that's that. Anyway, um, John does not have a fight um, in the works. He said that he wanted to move up to heavyweight. He was not offered any increase in pay from his fight against Dominic Reyes. And he said, fuck you guys, I'm out. So he's not defending his championship in light heavyweight. He's not moving up to heavyweight. We don't know what's going on with John Jones. Um, I wanted to see him go up to heavyweight and fight in Ganu, but didn't happen. Uh, middleweight division, I had Asanya, the champion, just signed up to fight Paulo Costa for the uh, uh, for the defending his championship on September 19th. So UFC 253. Um Robert Whitaker, who uh, just lost to who lost the title to Adesanya, is fighting on Saturday against Darren Till. That's the other event that I wanted to preview a little bit. So um, that's a good one that we're going to have on Saturday. Uh, Jared Cannonier, Yo Romero, there are still factors in there too. So Hermanson can probably, I think maybe you have um, the winner of. Mm, Either the Whitaker of winner of Whitaker Till or just flat out Jared Cannonier um, fight for the title after uh, Adesanya and Costa. So whoever wins that should defend against Cannonier is kind of where I'm going. And then uh, Saturday's Whitaker Till fight can kind of be like a number one contender fight, or maybe the, that the win, maybe the winner of that fight fights Cannonier to be a number one contender. So. Um, either way, you got Hermanson to throw in there too. So um, there's a lot that can happen there. Um, then you have the welterweight division. We still have Usman champion. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I don't think Burns is going to beat him. Uh, he's already beaten Covington. He's beaten most of that division. So um, there's not really too much left for Usman to do there. But uh, probably going to fight Gilbert Burns next. Uh, lightweight division. Uh, Khabib Nuragomedov still champion there. Um, he's supposed to be fighting Justin Gagey, uh, defending that. That was supposed to be September 19th. So um, with them making uh, Adesanya and uh, Costa for September 19th, it sounds like uh, Khabib Gagey might end up happening in October or November or December, something like that. But I read somewhere that uh, Khabib's manager said that is going to happen this year. So he's not like retiring because uh, Khabib uh, lost his father, um, I want to say, like within the last two weeks or so. Uh, Dustin Poirier and, uh, Dan Hooker just had, uh, a contender for fight of the year, um, last month. So, uh, Dustin Poirier won that fight and I guess he will probably get another title shot if, uh, uh, against whoever wins between Gagey and Nurmagomedov. Uh, Poirier fought, uh, Nurmagomedov, um, in, in his last fight and, and lost. So, and then of course, you always got to think about Conor McGregor. What is Conor McGregor going to do? He says he's retired. Is he retired? Absolutely not. So, um, well, we'll see Conor at some point. And Conor loves to go between divisions. So, you know, lightweight is, is where he spends most of his time, but he can either go up to welterweight or down to featherweight 
and he can perform in any of those divisions. But he's currently ranked fourth in um, the lightweight division, um, and he's probably also ranked in the um, featherweight division as well, but I'll, I'll, I'll check on that in a moment. So featherweight champion, still Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, I still I don't know what's going to happen with Max Holloway. Uh, Zabit Magomed Sharipov, 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 whatever. He's number two. So, like I said, his fight against um, uh, Yair Rodriguez, that's who he's supposed to be fighting. So, if he fights Yair, Yair Rodriguez, um, I think the winner of that um, gets a shot at Volkanovski. Or the winner of Ortega Korean Zombie gets a shot because they're ranked third and fourth. So, um, could be anybody. Um, I think... Of those four names, Zabit is the most popular fighter in that division, and everyone's kind of waiting for him to become the guy. So I think um, if that fight signs and happens, I think, and Zabit wins, I think Zabit gets the title shot, regardless of what happens between Ortega and, and Korean Zombie. Uh, but Ortega's only got one loss, and it's to Max Holloway. So um, he's looking pretty solid, too. And that one loss, um, he, he did get his ass kicked. Um <laughs> And then bantamweight, Piotr Jan, uh, the new champion there. Um, he will definitely be defending against um, Aljamain Sterling at some point. Oh, you got Cody Garbrandt in there, too, who had a, had an impressive performance. Um, Sean O'Malley recently hit the hit the top 15 in that division as well. That guy's going places. He's fighting again. Um, uh, when is he fighting? Is he fighting? Oh, he's on Cormier's card, the August 15th, UFC 252. He's fighting on that card. So... Um, O'Malley's coming back again, so he's he's going to be a factor at some point soon too. But right now it's Piotr Jan, uh, Aljamain Sterling coming soon uh, with that that title defense. You still got Marlon Moraes in there. Still got Cody Garbrandt, Corey Sanhagen. There's there's a lot of names over there as well. And then lastly, flyweight. You still you got Davison Figueredo as the champion now, um, undisputed champion. Uh, not too much going on in that division though. So um, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know who can beat him if if anyone. And then uh the women's divisions, you got Amanda like I mentioned earlier, you got Amanda Nunez as champion of two of them. Um no one else really fucking with her. You got Valentina Shevchenko as the champion of another, no one really fucking with her. And Zhang Wei Li, no one fucking with her either. So um that's I'm gonna uh wrap up this podcast. This is probably gonna be the longest one of these that I do if I do them all solo. Um, if I if I have someone where I get some guests, they might get longer than that when these when, you know we start having conversations. But um, I wanted to talk a bit about UFC 251. I wanted to talk about Saturday's event. I wanted to talk about little, like the little run through I gave of the champions just now. I want to talk about future fights for people. I want to talk about um, briefly talk about um, Saturday's event that's coming up. So there was a lot I wanted to cover in this first episode. But going forward, it's going to mainly be. Um, Recap of previous event. Looking forward to next event. So Saturday, last Fight Island um, uh, event, uh, Whitaker versus Till. So uh, winner of that is gunning for uh, a title shot at uh, the winner of Adesanya and Costa. Uh, Shogun Hua is fighting in the co-main event on there. And that guy, another legend, been around forever. Like, I can't believe he's even still fighting. Like, I, I, I feel like Shogun has to be near hanging it up. Um, I don't even think he's won in a while. Like, I, I, I'm I, I'm not entirely sure, but um, he's fighting another old-ass guy, Antonio Nogueira. So, 
Like, hey, it could go either way. Like, but it could it could be a it could be a badass fight. So um, I don't know. But Shogun last fought uh, back in November. So I'm, I'm curious to see how how that's gonna go. What that's gonna look like. But um, yeah, he's uh he's getting up there in age. He's like 38. So um, we'll see. And then um, there 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 are several fights on this on this card that are that are interesting. Uh, but uh, probably the most interesting fight on the card is uh, Fabricio Verdun versus Alexander Gustafson. Um, Gustafson retired after losing to Anthony Smith uh, a little while back and then said, you know what, fuck it. Instead of saying retired, not only am I going to come back and fight, I'm going to move up at the heavyweight. And we've seen pictures of him looking pretty, pretty fucking buff, uh, ready to go for the heavyweight. So um, I'm interested to see Gustafson's heavyweight debut. Um, this is a guy who is best known for his legendary, um, first fight against John Jones, considered to be one of the greatest fights of all time. Um, so curious to see how he fares in that one. Um, another interesting fight on that card is this guy, uh, I'm going to try, I think his last name is pronounced Shemaev, Shemaev, um, Russian guy who had an incredibly good submission performance on Wednesday, like this past Wednesday, July 15th, and he is fighting again 10 days later on Saturday. I've never seen someone do that. They're fighting twice in 10 days. Never seen it. But, I mean, he took no damage. He dominated the fight. He was all the talk after that card. I mean, it was a mediocre-ass card, but uh, he was all the talk after that after that card, and now they, they got him back on there. So, like, they got a six, seven-fight main card. For uh, for that last one on Saturday, so um, yeah, that's gonna be a good event. Uh, prelims for that one start at five. There is let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, shit, it's eight, nine fights. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights on the prelims and seven on the main card. Wow, uh, a fifteen fight, um. A 15-fight card is going to make for a long night for me and a lot of notes. So um, I will see you guys probably. I'll probably record on that event Sunday uh, the 26th, and that should be in your feeds either that same day or Monday the 27th uh, going over that event. If um, you ever want to reach out to me to possibly hop on this podcast and talk about fights or talk about some of the events that we've seen, uh, just reach out. You know, anyone listening to this already knows where to reach me. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter. You can reach me on Facebook if we're friends on there. Uh, you can hit me up at whatupthopodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to throw this on the What Up Though feed. But uh, long term, I'm looking to get this other podcast uh, uh, its own feed. I'm going to feed. I'm going to put the episodes on the What Up Though feed for the time being. But um, once I come up with a name for this podcast and a name for this segment, this kind of like the 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 fighting spinoff episode. Um, once I come up with names for those, I'll probably get them their own feeds. If you have suggestions on a name, feel free to shoot it over. I'll uh I'll listen to it. So and uh probably will end up using it because I'm not very creative or imaginative. So um whatever I end up naming uh this podcast and and this uh this fighting spinoff, um I don't want to call it a spinoff because it's not going to be a separate podcast. It's going to be the same podcast. It's going to be a a a different feature within that podcast, but. I want to call it something. So um, once I come up with names, uh, we'll get those on their own feed. So um, have a good one. And I will see you guys next week, Saturday, um, at the absolute latest. Peace.